0: finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Hey, I'm Shauna Compton-Game. This is Millennial Money. And today we're talking secrets to save for college for your kid. Millennial Money with Shauna Compton-Gain. It will expand your brain. So I know there are a lot of people uh, listening to the podcast that aren't uh, young millennials, right? Um, Myself included. I'm actually on the cusp between Gen X and millennial. I'm probably in that like Three, there's like a three-year ban of complete confusion. Like, what exactly are you? I'm still trying to figure it out. I think it's because I don't like to be labeled. That's probably why I'm not actually in uh, one particular demographic or another. That's what I'm going to call it. Anyway, I digress. I know there's a lot of you listening who are starting a family or maybe who have a family who have a young child. And you're starting to think of ways to save for college. And, you know, you may actually be just totally petrified and mortified that um, in the not too distant future, you're actually going to have to start thinking about things like buying cars and college and um, helping to buy a first house and all of those like big milestones that seem to come way too fast, especially when you're a new parent. So I've not done a lot of podcasts about saving for college for your child but I thought you know let's just let's just dive into that topic and those of you who are listening who may be younger millennials maybe this will set you up for you know when you get engaged get married and then you start you know going down the path of starting your family and what I like to tell people is I, I want you to think of it this way There are no loans for retirement, right? You cannot decide to retire and then say, hey, I need like a million dollar, two million dollar, three million dollar loan to cover me for 30 years through retirement. But there are loans for college. And so I just say that as food for thought, because I think sometimes, especially when you have a new family like what I hear over and over again is like, "Oh my god, oh my god, we got to start saving for college." Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, which is not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing that you, you know, totally love and adore this little bitty thing that either you adopted or fostered or, um, you know, came out of you, and that you want to make sure that they go to college. That is a a totally great and um, obvious goal, right? But what I want you to start thinking about as well is are you in check? So are your finances in check? You know, do you have money saved for emergency fund? Are you contributing to your retirement plans? Like where are you on the financial spectrum? And what happens a lot of times is that you end up diverting money that you should actually be saving for your own retirement towards saving for your child. And then, you know, down the line, you realize like, oh, wait a minute, we actually haven't saved enough for retirement. And what's super cool and awesome and, you know, like if I could literally like put a chip in everybody's brain is the younger you are and the earlier you start saving, you can actually save such a small amount of money. But if you're saving it over a really long time horizon, you know, you can end the race um, when you want to make a different lifestyle choice with a lot more money in your bucket than anyone who maybe has started, you know, like late thirties or early forties saving for retirement, like they got to save a lot more money just to get to the same place that, you know, you who started super early, like in your young twenties have gotten with, with very few, or I guess I should say with a, a very little amount that you started investing with. So, you know, I, I don't want you to put off saving for yourself, in put that in jeopardy because you want to save for your child. Again, it's a totally awesome and amazing goal to save for college. You know, there's lots of ways to kind of skin this college game. And I'm just gonna talk about a few of them on this podcast. Um, but again, I just want to kind of like frame your thinking because I want you to make sure that you're taking care of, you know, it reminds me like I, I used to think this was like a horrible thing to say, but now I get it. So when you go on the airline. The airplane and they're doing that like safety demonstration you know the one that none of us listen to anymore that one yes i want you to channel that one um and they're telling you like okay well oxygen masks will deploy if there's not enough oxygen and put the mask on yourself before you put it on your child well i used to think that was a horrible thing to say like why would you do that doesn't your child need more oxygen than you do But it's really such a great, like overriding principle in life, you got to put on your mask first, you got to take care of yourself. And that doesn't mean you neglect the other people, it just means like, okay, are we set first? Or are we at least on a good trajectory that then we can kind of focus over here, All right? So always remember, like everything in life, like put your oxygen mask off on first, you know, then go and help everyone else, then go and save the world, and then go and change the world and all of those great things. So I did a little like poking around on the internet and I found this interesting dollar amount actually kind of, it didn't blow me away, but, but I, it just sort of reinforces to me like the astronomical costs of college and, and really how ridiculous it is. I mean, it is far outpacing inflation and it it's obvious why so many listening have massive student loan debt and are, are frustrated with it. And, you know, I still am paying off my student loan debt from when I got my master's in business. And it's just it's frustrating. It just makes me mad, right? And I'm sure it makes a lot of you just really pissed off too. But let's say you had a one year old now, right? And you wanted to pay for four years of private college, when they got to 18. Guess how much that would cost you in today's dollars? okay, are you ready? Are you sitting down? Like, seriously, put that put that um, oxygen mask on if this is you. Somewhere around $417,000 to get through those four years of college in 17 years, right? That's a lot of money. So the average cost right now for a four year private school is around $42,000 a year. In that 18 years, if costs rose 5% a year every year, and, and they they'll a lot of times is it rising higher than 5% just one year one year of college is going to cost $96,000 i mean this is ridiculous $417,000 like We could buy a house for that amount of money. And I'm not knocking education by any stretch of the imagination, but look, if you got a little child right now, I would be, um, I'd be honing the talents, right? I'd have them in music class, have them in sports, maybe learning some languages. Like let's get some skills for this kid. Let's get them some scholarships, um, let's do whatever, like voodoo magic we got to do in the middle of the night to like <laughs> make them, you know, bounce up in the early morning and want to like go practice at some crazy hours so they can become, you know, the best of the best. That's horrible to say. It really is. It's really horrible. And, um, I'm sorry for saying it, but I mean, it's the reality here. That's just, it's so much money. And so one popular way to actually pay for or pay for at least a portion of the college costs is something called a 529 plan. And 529 is just the IRS code. So it's, it's, you know, it's 529 doesn't stand for some like, you know, uh, James Bond-esque code. It's just the IRS code. And the 529 plan is like an IRA where you can save through education through tax-free earnings in investment choices. So the gains on uh, the accounts are tax-deferred, and once the funds are used to pay for what's called qualified tuition expenses, parents will never pay taxes on those funds, and the money in these accounts can be used for undergraduate or graduate studies at any two- or four-year campus in the U.S. So savings in a 529 plan, they actually belong to the parent and not to the child, also, any additional benefit with a 529 plan is that, let's say the child says they don't want to go to college, which happens all the time, especially now. There's there's so many other options. You, know, you can go to cooking school or you can go to trade school or whatever it may be. The parent, whoever owns the 529 account, can actually just change the beneficiary. That way, you know the money will be used for education and the kid just can't take the money and run, Right. So let's say the kid decides that they don't want to go to college, but maybe you want to go back and get your master's or your spouse wants to go back and get their master's. Or maybe there's another kid, you know, that comes along, and they want to go to college, you can change the beneficiary and use the money towards any or all of the above. So there is some flexibility. And, you know, while the 529 savings plans, they offer a lot of advantages, they also come with restrictions, right? There's a pro and con to everything, let's face it. So that that's kind of the lesson when we're talking about money is there's a pro and a con. And you you really have to decide it internally in your own family, you know, what makes most sense to you. So according to the US Securities and Exchange Commission's website, 529 savings funds can be withdrawn tax-free only for those qualified education expenses. Those are things like tuition, books, fees, supplies, room and board, those sorts of things. Money that's spent on unqualified expenses is subject to a 10% penalty on earnings and income tax. So just like your IRA or 401k or your Roth, if you take it out before 59 and a half, you have penalties. So the same thing with the 529 plan. And they do that because, you know, you you have kind of that nice tax deferred growth inside the count, and then you can take it out tax free. Well, the IRS is not going to let you double dip or triple dip, um, they want some sort of restriction on the money. So if you take the money out for anything other than these qualified education expenses, it's income taxed, and there's a 10% penalty. So when you set one of these up, you know, I always tell people like, I don't think you should put, let's say, for instance, you know, over the course of 17 years, you could actually save that $417,000 in this account. Maybe you might not want to save that much just for the risk of, you know, what if that child, um, goes two years to school and then stops going to school? Or what if they're their only child and, you know, you don't need that much. So again, this is, this is family specific and only, you know, what's going on in your family, only, you know, you know, what you're planning for the future, So I'm just here to give you choices. I'm here to give you ideas and thoughts and strategies and tips and all sorts of things. And then you take them back and go, okay, well, what actually works for us? So another great thing about a 529 plan, if if this actually applies to you, is there are some states that offer tax breaks. So in addition to federal tax savings, there's over 34 states that currently offer a full or partial tax deduction or credit for the 529 plan contribution. So California is not one, um, unfortunately, but there are a lot of states where you actually could get a full or partial deduction for the money that you put or a portion of the money that you put into the 529 plan. So that might be a great tax saving strategy as well as saving for college. So I'll make sure in the show notes to put a link to the states where you can go and check out and see, You know, depending on what state you live in, um, whether that applies to you. So every state has a 529 plan. And just because you live in one state doesn't mean you can't use another state's plan. And not all states' plans are created equal, right? There are some states' plans that are better than other states. So I'll make sure and put that link as well in the show notes. So you, what you want to do first is if you're thinking of opening a 529 plan for your child is look, okay, does my state offer a tax deduction? Or credit. If the answer is yes, then use your state plan. If the answer is no, then the second question is, okay, well, is my state plan good? Or should I use another state's plan? Uh, so I can have, you know, the most robust saving plan. So unlike Ross or um, other education savings accounts, 529 plans actually have no income limits, age limits, or annual contribution limits. However, there are lifetime contribution limits, and these vary by plan. So you again, you want to check this out depending on which plan you choose. But most range from $235,000 to $500,000. So what that means is that is the accumulated max that you can put in that 529 plan, okay? And if you're looking to reduce estate taxes, you can also elect to treat a 529 plan, um, a little a little differently. So you can actually make a contribution between 14,000 and 70,000. And if it was made over a 5-year calendar period, you actually qualify for the annual gift tax exclusion. Again, probably a little over your head. Uh, you don't need to actually, uh, know about that. Just kind of want to let you know that there are some restrictions. So there aren't income restrictions, so regardless of your income, you can open a 529 plan, right? There aren't age limits. So age limits don't matter, but there are lifetime contribution limits, right? So again, you want to check whichever plan you're looking into and just find out what is that contribution limit. You know, if it's, if it's $250,000, but you know, you want to try and fund 100% of your child's education, well, then maybe choose a state's plan where it's a 5,000, 5, <laughs> That would not cover very much, would it? $5,000. limit. And so that just offers you more flexibility. Again, you don't have to decide up front how much money you're putting into the 529 plan. You can do it, you know, month by month, year by year, day by day. Um, You know, you can stop some years, start some years. And again, you have investment choices. So most of the 529 plans, they're, they're limited by the investment choices. But You know, they do offer a lot of the same kind of um, target date funds like you might see in your IRA and 401k, All right? So there are lots of options to choose from. Again, check out the show notes and do some research on these things, please. Like don't just jump and open one up and really sit to think about, you know, where are we financially as a family? Like, are we secure? You know, can we contribute to this? Uh, I always say like, there's no sense in starting one if you're going to contribute for like one or two years and then never contribute again. just, it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't do you any harm, right? The money's still going to be there. The money's still going to be growing, but it doesn't necessarily make sense. You can also use a, a Roth IRA to save for college. So the R in IRA obviously stands for retirement. But because you can withdraw contributions at any time, tax and penalty free, the account can serve as a great tax deferred college savings plan. So I found this example online and I, I thought this was pretty good. Let's say you and your, your spouse, you each set aside $5,000 in a Roth starting the year that your child is born. After 18 years, both Roths would hold about $375,000, assuming an 8% annual growth. I think that's a little high. I think you should actually figure somewhere around 6%. But for the sake of argument, this is the example. So up to $180,000, that is the total amount of contributions that you put in, can be withdrawn tax and penalty f- free. And any part of the interest can be withdrawn penalty free too to pay for college bills, right? So there's a little loophole in the Roth. So again, a Roth is not a bad idea But remember, for the Roth, like you have to be under the income restrictions for these things to really work for you, all right? Um, Again, I'll put a link to the income restrictions in the show notes so you can check that out. It's going to change every year. But if you're right on the cusp of a combined salary, um, this year, if you're married filing jointly, if you make over $190,000 combined, you can't contribute to a Roth. So if you're close to that, if you think in a couple years you're going to go over that mark, may not make the most sense for you. Again, not a bad idea if you do it for a few years, your money's still there, your money's still growing, but uh, you may not get the leverage that you really want. Sure, you can use your own retirement plan as well, uh, but again, nobody's going to give you that loan for retirement. I wish that existed. You know, if we could actually create that and like trademark that, (laughs) that would be a big, big seller. Uh, there's other things like cash value, life insurance. I know there's a lot of people who talk, uh, negatively about life insurance. I cut my teeth on life insurance when I started in the financial industry and I've seen life insurance do some really good things for people while they're alive. But again, it's not the right bit for every single person. And I think that's why it's so important when we're talking about money is not just to take what what your friends or your parents or your aunts and uncles and brothers and sisters say as gospel, because what works for them might not work for you and for your personal situation. That's why it's really important to just identify your goals, identify what you and your family, you know, meaning your spouse or your significant other, what do you guys want to achieve? And then what are the tools that you can plug in there to get to success? All right. And of course, there's always the plan of no plan, no savings. You know, some parents think that it makes more sense not to save at all for the kid's future. And, you know, the idea of of having no college savings also means there's no assets for you to tap into. But, um, you know, a common error, again, is for parents to save for their kid's future before addressing their own needs. And I see this time and time again. That's why I keep repeating it. I'm hoping that like in the 10 or 12th time that I've repeated this in the podcast, that maybe this has sunk in, you know, put on your own life vest, your own uh, oxygen mask first. And again, this is not saying that you're neglecting your child, but this is saying that you're taking care of yourself first. And look, if your child has to get student loans, it's not the end of the world. There are so many scholarships out there. Scholarship opportunities are getting more and more robust. And it is easier and easier to find scholarship now with online. I mean, when I when I went to undergrad, of course, there were scholarships out there. But, you know, we didn't have access like on the internet that we do now to really find the scholarships. Everything was new then. And there just wasn't as much access to information. And so, I think that's only going to get easier and easier down the road. Um, so again, do that like voodoo night trick with your child. <laughs> um, it would not be above me so uh, or below me, whatever. however that works. But the point is, is there's always a way. There's always a way to figure something out. You know, a lot of times people say to me, oh, I just, there's no way to do this. And I'm like, of course there's a way. We just have to find out what the way is and then figure out how to make it work. But if you are thinking about dabbling in saving for your your child's college, you know, you can open a 529 plan. Those are great plans. Um, I, I did see that in 2008 2009, when everything took a really big hit 529 plans got, they got decimated as well. And you know, that's, that's really the con of using any type of investment vehicle like this for savings is, you know, there there is a risk, right. And you know, we hope that that doesn't happen again when your child tries to go to college, but that is a reality. So don't make one thing your one plan, have different buckets, have different options, have different places you can turn to. And if at the end of the day, you have to turn to loans in order for your investments to recuperate, then that's what you have to do, right? Don't beat yourself up about it. And also, if you you know, let's say you're in your 30s and you've got, you know, a 5-year-old by now. You're listening to this podcast. Don't freak out. It's not too late. You haven't ruined anything, okay? So, um, the, I guess the point of this podcast is just to breathe. Everybody, let's just take a collective breath. Okay. We feel better, right? I feel better. I hope you feel better. And uh we can do this together. So, Hopefully I'll have a few more podcasts coming up because I know there's been a lot of questions about saving for kids and and also how to teach kids to budget and save and all of those great things as well because we can never start them too early. But just a little primer on saving for college for your child and um, get out there, do some investigation, look at the links in the podcast notes um, and figure out what works best for you. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Shauna Game, Instagram at millennial underscore money. And the website address is now shaunagame.com. So super easy for you to hop over to the website and you can check out all the podcasts and all the other great tips that we got up there to help you with your finances.